Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. We aim to inspire you to live a passionate life. My guest today is Christina Covington, who specializes in empowering women. This is going to be an awesome episode. Christina is passionate about guiding women to honor and walk the feminine ways of their own true nature through embodiment practices, ritual practices, mindfulness, and connection with nature. Christina is passionately focused, a passionately focused Ayurveda practitioner, Arrow doula, I hope I said that properly, feminine business mentor, embodiment guide, alchemist, and spice mistress. Christina is also the founder of the internationally successful tea company, Hari Ha Chai, and she facilitates workshops on feminine embodiment and embodied Ayurveda. This is her story and this is her passion. Christina, welcome to Passion Harvest. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to have an Ayurvedic expert on the show i guess i guess just to start for those people who are listening or watching what what is ayurveda and this is probably a five-hour episode but i guess in the context of the time what is ayurveda yeah it is a five-hour episode (laughs) (laughs) so for the lay person who has no idea what it is no idea what ayurveda is like the easiest way i explain it to you to people is it's what Chinese medicine is to the um, Chinese, Ayurveda is to the Indians. Um, it's a traditional Indian healing modality. And Ayur, it's a science of life. So um, Ayur, Ayur means to live and Veda means life. So it's, to ha- it's how to live life in, and I describe it as how to live life in harmony with nature and connecting with the divine nature within and without that's beautiful and so so it's a a healing modality it's a healing modality and really true traditional ayurveda is a science it's a science of life which is a, a beautiful summary and i know you spent some time in the himalayas a long time ago um i found myself uh on a pilgrimage of life um and i found myself ending up in the himalayas which was really the source of ayurveda for a lot many 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 thousands of years um and i when i was younger i found myself living in a small indian village in the himalayas collecting herbs making herbal remedies living with the local people there was it was in a village of about 10 houses um, small yeah <laughs> no roads <laughs> no 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 nothing um we had to sort of walk a couple of kilometers each day if we wanted to get out onto the road or anything um, buy supplies and walk, carry them in and a very very beautiful simple life and it really taught me simplicity and that richness of coming back to nature and that it- Probably my the seed that planted it. It was the seed for planting a better in my being. 
Isn't it crazy sometimes where we end up when we're younger and we just think, you know, you had no responsibilities and how on earth did you get there? But my question to you is, how did you communicate? Communicate with what? With, with, with the people in the Himalayas, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the language, language, sorry. <laughs> um, I learned Hindi over time. Wow, okay. Um, you surprised, you're like, we're, when we actually want to communicate, we're, we have an ability to communicate in a language that we all understand. Um, we go by. I, I, I somehow never found that a barrier, <laughs> the communication. And, um, you know, that was, it was back in the times where there was no Facebook or internet or um, WhatsApp or... Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> it was the, the, the time where there was... <laughs> it went to get a, ha, have a phone call. You had to sort of walk a couple of kilometres down the road to the phone box and, and hope that the line worked out of there. <laughs> Wow. Much to my mother's um, nervous system. <laughs> <laughs> so back onto the Ayurvedic path, which I guess was the start of your journey. If one's living an Ayurvedic life in regards to diet and lifestyle, what does that look like? Well, it's really to come back to well, finding, finding what is balanced for you. And so it's actually trying to live in harmony with, yourself on a daily basis. So trying to tune into how, if you, Ayurvedically, if you understand your body type and the nature of who you are, then we're always trying to harmonize with the macrocosmos outside so we can actually flow in harmony with them, with the, with the outer world. So if our, macro, if our microcosmos of our inner world is in harmony with the macrocosmos, we're, we're in flow with life. And that's really the ultimate goal, according to Ayurveda, and is to have that balance because when that balance happens, then we're actually in harmony with the divine and, and walking with the, with the alignment of our true nature and our true calling for life. <laughs> I'm so glad you clarified that because I was listening to um, a talk the other day and the lady said, you need to be the micro to the macro and the macro to the micro. And I didn't actually know what she was talking about, but now I do. Yeah. Yeah. So working with the elements of working with the elements of the universe, really. I mean, that's the ultimate thing is we are all the elements of the universe. Um, our microcosmos is of ourselves is always, always, its aim is always to try and be in balance with that macrocosmos and because that's a bigger, greater being than us. Um, we try to be very well informed here at Passion Harvest, <laughs> but we only know a little bit about Ayurvedic, but I understand there's different body types. Is there four? Correct me if I'm wrong. Three. Three. That's what I meant. There's three different body types. What? Do you mind just explaining which one the three different ones so really i like it's you know to even get bring it back to the simplicity more mm -hmm. of the elements so you've got the fire where fire air earth ether water that's the wrong way around uh, <laughs> so there those five elements we all have in us 
they're everywhere. They're the creation of everything. And those then, uh, the combinations of those then go into the body types. And sometimes as humans, we really like to box ourselves in. Mm. <laughs> we have all of everything in us. It's just that some people have more than one thing than, than another. And when we actually tune into what the thing is that's our stronger points, we can then make sure that they don't go out of balance or they don't get less. So uh, tuning into the element, the elements are then combined to make these body types. So the Vata body type, which is air and ether. And this is more the wind. It's the, the windy, the movement. Vata is the movement of the body. It's the energy of movement. It's like the wind in nature. It's changeable. It's erratic. It's spacious. It's dry. So all those things the Vata um, of the Vata nature. But everything in our body is moved by Vata because that's its energy, that's what it does in the body, it moves everything. We want to, we want Vata to be like the wind in the sail of our body, that the Vata comes in and is guided in, in the right directions, so it moves us and guides us in an easeful, easeful graceful way. Then we have Peter, and Peter's the fire. Peter's made up of um, fire and water. And Peter is the energy of transformation, as we know well know in Australia at the moment. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's been an interesting, I've had many discussions around the energy of fire recently and, and just trying to... Um, See what it is, you know, just really understand it, understand what its energy is, its beauty is, because it is really about transformation. That's what it does. It trans it, the energy of fire is is sitting in our digestive system. It's our, the thing that transforms all our food into working matter that can that that helps our body go. And it also has that energy of liquid and water. And so those two elements of fire have to be in, in balance for, for, those to, for it actually to be a beautiful fire. And if you look at fire, it's like when fire is contained, it's hot or it's warm, it's light, it's intense, it's like sitting by a fire just makes you feel good you know the yeah. beauty of fire is but let it go out of control a bit and it stretches and it can burn so that in a, in the inner in the body um can come out as intenseness and it it, it, it and heat and and all those things in the body so it's like just relating those things of how we know the elements into oh, how we can how we can tune into and being in our body because that's what they do. And then there's uh, kapha, and kapha is earth. Kapha is earth and water, and kapha is a slow, soft, sluggish. It can be dull. It's soft, but it's loving. I mean, 
Yes. Who doesn't love a good hug from a couple woman? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's the big mama hug, you know. It's like it's full of love and juice and warmth and and yeah, that that soft pillows. Um, However, you can get stuck in the mud, you know, cuff with too much water, get stuck in the mud, it's slow, it's dull, it's dark. So it's, it's that thing of what we feel like when we rest on the earth, you know, and life's got a bit too much and we just flop down on the earth and feel the earth hold us and nourish us. That's kapha. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. And then within those Vata, Pitta and Kapha, there's also the subtle essences of those, of the three um, doshas, and that's Prana, Tejas and Ojas. And they're the subtle, they're the underlying um, intelligences of the body. The Prana is the life force, what we get from breath, and it's the, the subtle element of, of Vata. Tejas is the flame of intelligence and that, that flame within us that keeps us, keeps us alive and moving. And Ojas is, an, is the juice of who we are. Ojas is the nectar of, of the juiciness within us. Um, and we're vital when we're out. Our Ojas is continually producing because we're lubricated and juicy. <laughs> And that's my that's my that's my my goal for women. <laughs> it's like build up that ojas. <laughs> ojas. How do I spell that? Because I'm going to write that one down. O J A S. O J A S. Oh, I got it right. Thanks. That that was a beautiful explanation, and I guess it reminded me maybe 20 years. I think 20 years ago, I went to an Ayurvedic doctor, and I think he said I had too much pitta which is fire and put me on a diet of azuki beans cucumbers <laughs> it's, it's an interesting thing because as ayurveda is coming into the um modern day we're we're sort of seeing that it's not not just eating eating a diet of kitchery and and azuki beans <laughs> um it's actually really more about bringing life into balance and like mm. understanding what, you know, if you're a Vata, a Vata person, you're more windy, what foods are good for you that keep you grounded and keep you nourished? If you're a Peter, a Peter person, what foods are good for you to not overheat you? Mm. you know, what, and if you're a Kapha person, what foods are good for you to keep you light and, and more moving? It doesn't necessarily have to be bowls of kitchery and, and yeah. things you know it's more just we're, we're we live in a country where we have everything in food so we have that advantage of being able to just look deeply into the qualities of of the food and nourish ourselves that way instead of this more rigidity of of um what it probably was like 15 20 years ago <laughs> Because it started to come into the country. Look, you explained it really well. It's you know, you know, you can have all sort of terms for it, whether it's human design or things, but knowing what you're more susceptible and to bring everything into alignment, which is you know, a, just a little bit of each, yeah. ideally. 
yeah yeah and really it's it's we are we're born like we're born with this prakriti this we're born with a certain um prakriti which is a certain design so like myself i'm born i'm born pita kapha mm-hmm. so i've got a more tendency to, to pita i've got like i've got a watch that i don't overheat myself i've got a watch that i don't need hot foods i've also got a watch that i don't need too much kapha too much slow sluggy heavy foods you know it's like when we know the positives and the negatives of what those those elements and those doshas bring to us we can then you know um we can then adjust ourselves accordingly right if you're if you you're very thin and wiry and 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 float like the wind or super creative and super expansive and up and doing things but like you need to need to continually bring back to the ground bring back and and keep your nervous system under check and yeah so you eat the foods that keep you grounded you know and so it's it's such a beautiful beautiful concept and i love that we're brought it in now that we can look at it in a simple way that it doesn't because i i know people were quite like oh are you better it's so confusing <laughs> no you are explaining it really well yeah I've spent, I've spent years trying to learn how to explain <laughs> it so that it's not confusing, you know. It's not, it's not something that's overwhelming and it's, it's, there's a beauty to the simplicity of it. And it's almost like an awareness of consciousness about yourself and your being as well, which I think is beautiful, that constant mindfulness of, you know, how you're feeling and checking in with your body and yourself. Well, I mean, yoga is one of the limbs of Ayurveda. Oh, okay. I call call yoga, I mean, a lot of people say yoga is the sister of Ayurveda, but it's not. Yoga, um, Ayurveda is the mother of yoga. Um, Okay. There's six six limbs of philosophy in Ayurveda, of, of which yoga is one of them. And so that encompasses the, the body asanas and the, and the mindfulness and meditation practices. So it's, it's, it's all, yeah. There's, it's all every, related. Every, everything's related and it's all thought of. And really when, when our body's in balance, we're able to then be able to sit with our mind in balance. Our mind's not trying to control things and, and, you know, and trying to tell us things. We can become the observer and we can then rest in, in, in the space of who we are to access the consciousness. That's, I mean, look, I'm a big fan of yoga. I do a lot of yoga. I always say anyone that moves their body wants to improve their bodies. So yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. That's amazing. And you're also an... Ayurvedic doula. So one of the one of the beautiful beautiful um, concepts in Ayurveda is the care of women, and this is a, it's only just coming out. Um, when I first started Ayurveda twenty years ago, and I was like, I want to do women's Ayurveda, but there wasn't anything <laughs> like I could. It's taken me a long time to find. And like a lot of women's traditions, it's not written. It's all passed down. And so in Ayurveda, we have 
a there's a belief that the 42 days after birth from from the time that a mother births for 42 days is a sacred window of opportunity it's called a kaya kalpa or it's where we're we're in a place of body transformation and in that 42 days we have the opportunity to nurture ourselves and have certain practices and certain foods to bring ourselves back into alignment after the intensity of birthing a baby that Ayurveda says for the 42 days of keeping ourselves in a container of um, groundedness and, and certain herbs and certain practices and um, oils and that we heal ourselves for 42 years. Oh, God, <laughs> so, I wish I knew that before. <laughs> it's a bit so late for me now. <laughs> so do I. So the Ayadula is a service that... Um, is looking a doula services looking after the mother in a in a specific way, a, a specific Ayurvedic way after birth. Uh, I'm really passionate because I see that this is the window of opportunity for any kind of body, any kind of movement in a traumatic experience in in after any kind of traumatic traumatic experience, whether it be a miscarriage, whether it be abortion whether it be trauma in our lives whether it be grief whether it be birth that's joyful but we've still got to align ourselves any kind of thing like that having the opportunity to give ourselves 42 days of natural healing mm. is it aligns our bodies again um it brings us back safely into our bodies it brings um it calms the the winds of change into the body using things like abhyangas which is self oil self massage and massage with medicated oils correct food so your digestion is still is um cooking the food as it should in the right way so your digestive fires are working your liver fires are working you know and just having that observation and being present to allow allow ourselves to feel the space of feel ourselves in in space because it's not a common place for people to sit is in space so in sorry go on yeah so using those practices and herbs to to nourish yourself in that 42 days is is the work of an Ayurveda? How wonderful! And I just want to clarify: when you say medicated oils, so you not as in medication; it's natural oils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's oils um, infused with herbs and different, yeah, for different in you know, different Ayurvedic um, compilations. And you call yourself a spice mistress. I love the terminology. So you're an expert with what sort of spices are required for ailments of a client. Well, why, what actually occurred is after years of India, in India and the Western world, not really knowing what Ayurveda was 20 years ago, <laughs> I started the chai business and I started the chai business because I loved getting, I loved putting herbs and spices into people. I was just passionate about all these different, I just had concoctions of different herbs and spices everywhere. Passion, <laughs> passion's awesome. <laughs> 
But like, I was a bit too weird 20 years ago. <laughs> um, and I, I just was like, how do I get people, how do I get spice into people that they, they start to feel this, this in natural way of healing and natural way of balancing themselves? And so I developed my chai brand, Hari Hao Chai, which, nat, which I've been creating and selling around the world for the last 20 years. And Congratulations, by the way. It's great chai. <laughs> And serving people love in a cup, you know. I was just like, someone pointed out to me recently that, you know, you've been nurturing people with cups of chai for a long time, you know. Yeah. It's like it was a way of just just giving that subtle nurturing to that I could out into the world. And through that, my love for spices, it still hasn't waned. I, I It's like... I'm probably, the, I give my spice people a bit of a nightmare if I get a really crappy bag of spices. I'm like, right. what do you call this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, there's nothing better than opening a bag of freshly ground organic cardamom. I just sort of want to dive into it. It's like your heart just goes, oh, <laughs> when you smell this deep, rich cardamom. Um, a bag of cinnamon just is like silk on your skin, you know. I just it, that's an experience I'm gonna to have to try. <laughs> I don't think I've experienced it as you had, but I'm definitely gonna try it. So, I, it's like, yeah, I just think that we're given everything in nature that we need to heal, and Oh, wow, it'd yeah. be such a beautiful world if we actually could know, you know, we could just go out and pick the thing that we need to for the day to just bring us into balance. If you knew that. I love that. And I've just got an interesting question. I know I told you I went to an Ayurvedic doctor, but I don't remember going to him, the consultation. So how do you, if someone comes to see you, how do you know their, obviously you can know their body type, but how do you know, for example, they have a weak liver or they're deficient their organs are deficient in some aspects. How do you define that? <laughs> There's lots of questions. I've learned pulse diagnosis over over time. Um, so there's certain pulses that you can you can feel the, okay. do the pulse diagnosis and feel their liver pulse, or their lung pulse, or their colon pulse. So that's a good sign. Um, yeah, we take different the different lines of questioning, different um, assessment, assessment of their digestions, assessment of their eyes, their face, um, nails, hands, feet, their, their elimination, you know, it's, it's sort of an overall body check-in. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's real, a tongue, the tongue diagnosis, so taking a look at their person's tongue. Um, I'm keeping my mouth closed. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a funny one because I often yeah I, I I I see people's tongues and I just have to say just bite my tongue. <laughs> but the question is, so obviously you're so aware and so knowledgeable in this. Do you find yourself walking down the street and looking at people and doing kind of diagnoses on the individual? Not obviously you don't say anything, or maybe you do, but. You, can you turn off? <laughs> there's some things that are really, there's some things that really stand out sometimes. 
and you can't go around going, hey, you've got this going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's part of that awareness and that observation and I just allow, you know, I'm, I've a, I, I love it. I, I like looking at, the, looking at life through an Ayurvedic lens. Mm. I, love, I love that um, I, can, I can see life through that lens. It's a beautiful lens to see life through because you're looking at you're looking at the trees, you're looking at the animals, you're looking at the food, you're looking at at, at every at people through an Ayurvedic lens, and it's a it's a beautiful place to live. <laughs> I can tell when you talk about it, you glow with passion. It's so exciting. <laughs> I've just got a question for you about food, and I'm just talking personally. What what what's your view on raw food, opposed to cooked food? So, so ayurvedically, there, there's um, raw food is more vata. It's harder to digest. Mm-hmm. So, um, generally, raw food. Generally, a kapha person. It depends on your digestion. So, if your digestive fire is um, at its optimum, then a bit of raw food's fine, especially for a pita person and a kapha person. However, Generally, um, Vata people tend to be the ones right, having raw food and, and they just don't have the digestive fires to do it. That's the so, water-air element, isn't it? Water-air. Vata is the air-eater air, yeah. air element. Mm-hmm. And so because it takes a lot more energy to digest raw food, if it's not cooked if it's not pre-cooked then it's going into the body the body's got to digest cook it more before it actually starts to use it and that's where it's actually harder for the digest the the digestion's working too hard and so it tends we tend to not get the um, nutrients out of it as much very interesting and I'm just speaking from a personal point and we you know we're in our part of the world we're in summer at the moment and a lot of people have salads in the evening I do as well I love them but I find that they're harder to digest yeah so Ayurveda looks at the times of day and if you were to have a salad in the summer because it's hot so your digestion is mm. either hotter anyway so at the middle of the day between 10 and 2 is the optimum time to have it because that's when your digestive fire is working the most. So Peter operates between 10 and 2 a.m. and p.m. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. <laughs> right. so, so they're the times when we digest things and we have our digestion at the optimum. So eating a salad in the middle of the day in the summertime if you're a pitta person, even if you're a vata person, you feel your digestion's good enough that day. Um, it's good, you know. It's it, it, that you will be able to digest it. it it's in this like yeah, eating it at eight o'clock at night, yeah, <laughs> and your your digestion's starting to to wane, and it, it's just not you're going to have all this undigested food matter just sitting in your gut. I, and I guess it's a very cultural, I mean, aside from salads, but, you know, maybe an English thing or a European cultural thing that you have a big meal at night. It's very English. <laughs> <laughs> I always say we should have been, should have been uh, colonised by the Spanish. It would have been different. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's very English. But, yeah, it's um, 
but it is very traditional in India to have that big meal in the middle of the day. Which makes sense, obviously, for digestion. Yeah. Um, which probably doesn't segue me, but I just wanted to ask, and I know you're passionate about mentoring, business mentoring for women. So from the 20 years of working in the business world, as a, as a woman, as a single mother, as a, um, an entrepreneur, <laughs> vice woman, <laughs> um, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of what not to do. And I also learned a lot about how to operate a business as a woman. And I think that we do it differently. I think I believe, I believe that we do it differently. I believe that we have a different, we come from a different energy of um, how we even start to do business. And I think a lot of women start a business because they're passionate about it and they want to do something. There's a nurturing mother thing in the world mm -hmm. rather than just a, a direct, like, linear and there's nothing wrong with the masculinity at all. We have to have both in balance, but it's a it's a different energy of how how we move in in that. And I am passionate about women being able to follow follow that passion of the business that they want to create without burning themselves out, without feeling like they have to compete and um, and be um drive it like a man does because mm. we don't we we can't we yeah it's really interesting you say that because also i mean not everyone and i'm not generalizing but i find women more so in general rely on the internal power whereas the 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 masculine relies on the external power to succeed exactly it's a it's very very different dynamics and when we rely on that internal power and we're not actually re-continually um, igniting that, the internal power probably being oxytocin, where if we're not actually regenerating that, mm. we, become we, we become very quickly burnt out. And so it's like goes back to that Ayurvedic self-care of like caring for ourselves first, knowing ourselves understanding that everything won't fall apart if we stop and look after ourselves everything will actually get back together better <laughs> <laughs> and to like to take that time for ourselves not because not to pamper ourselves but to to know that it's actually for self-care of ourselves, our family, our community, the bigger world at, at stake if we actually first come back to the self and, and just give that time to ourselves before we run the business, before we do anything. And you mentioned as well, not always, but generally women are the primary caregivers. So juggling children is, is hard. <laughs> I won't say hard, that's a negative term, but is, is <laughs> make, makes life more challenging and exciting. <laughs> It definitely makes us more challenged and excited. Um, and some days it is hard. And really, as women, we've got to go, it is hard some days. We're, because 
we're now in this modern world where we're expected to juggle a career, juggle, juggle um, the children, juggle a husband, you know, everything. There's, it's like this added thing of pressure of having this career is, is an interesting um, additive to our life. We've got all these mod cons, but then we've got heaps with this other thing that we've got to do. Mm. So it's tuning into the to the flow of, of ourselves as women and the flow of, of, of that oh just and the flow of the nectar of who we are, which is really when we tune into that softness of, of the, and the water energy of the feminine, then we are able to hold the capacity of all. We're, we we really have the capacity of all. To, to hold and juggle it all. <laughs> I absolutely get you. And I'm thinking, you know, stay true to your original vision and values. Um, but things do change. But someone's, so I can imagine someone saying, that's great, but how do I, you know, how, how do I become successful by flowing? <laughs> Since I'm asking you the expert. <laughs> yeah, I, I automatically go, hey, it's, that, that to me is, uh, a question coming from a, 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 a patriarchal or a masculine mind frame. How mm. do I become successful without flow? The only way you become successful is with flow. It's like flow, like, because like you, you came back to it before, you said women work from that internal place. So from that internal place of listening, we're moving from that place of listening to flow rather than the external directing us where we're going to go. And to me, that's actually the where, key. where we find success. And so, it's yeah, no, lot, no, no, of, <laughs> I love it. It took me a lot of mistakes to learn that one. <laughs> Everyone has their own journey. So how, I, I think I know the answer, but I'm asking you, how would you recommend for someone to live in flow or potentially if they've lost their, I don't, I'm just, the first word came to mind is mojo, but to, how do they live in flow? Yeah. How, how do, how does somebody come back to, yeah, if you're potentially in that place where <coughs> life's crazy, it's like, go, go, go. You've got no space. You've got no nothing. Excuse me. Um, and how do you come back to yourself? It comes back to self-care. And that's what I'll be teaching in the workshop this weekend and another one in March on just basic self-care. Coming back to, and, and not be overwhelming. Start introducing um, a morning routine where even before you get out of bed, when you open your eyes, just lie there for a minute or two. Do a body scan sit with your hand on your heart, feel, feel yourself for the day, bring a prayer into your mind, give yourself a bit of gratitude for being alive. That's all you have to do. That just starts, starts the day in a beautiful way. Put your feet on the earth, say thank you to the earth for holding you for the day, then walk into the day. But then start introducing daily routines that become, like I, I say, it's like they become like clothes to you. And so once you start introducing a daily self-care practice where it's a little bit of meditation, 
it's not just a yoga class once a week and I've done my I've done my bit it's actually becomes you feel like you're naked if you walk out the door without doing it and so and those self-care practices aren't something that you should do when the shit goes down there's something you should do as you start to as you're healthy like start introducing just little self little things that then you do feel naked when you don't do them and it does means that when it gets a bit chaotic you don't go you don't go out of balance you actually it actually is okay to deal with and I have gone so far out of balance that I, I've know, I, I know these work because I've had to do them myself. I'm, I, I'm the walking experience of it. <laughs> and yeah, now I, I get up each day and I am, I'm scanning. It's like today I, I was, I got up and I was like, ah, oh, there's a bit more kapha in there today. I need to just do a bit more vigorous um, yoga practice just to move some energy and and yeah just watching what I eat for breakfast you know just feeling that even is it just those tiny little introductions to to life start to bring us back into balance I love that thank you so much for sharing that what a beautiful tip to live in flow and connect with your body mm. Yeah, either when we're living in flow, then we're and well, we're we're then able to open up to listening to life more. And now when I when we're not we're not we're operating from flow. We're operating from a deep intuition, and and yeah, that's that's actually going to be where we actually find success. I just feel like I've had an hour meditation after talking to you. You're so relaxed. <laughs> I don't think my kids would say that. <laughs> mine, you know what? Mine wouldn't say that either about me. <laughs> I don't know what they do to you or me. Christine, it's been a delight to have you on the show. I just wanted to ask you, and I always ask a final question. If someone's looking to follow their passion, what is your advice? Trust. <laughs> perfect i love it it's so simple and straight to the point that's beautiful <laughs> trust your wings great uh trust your wings it's it's yeah trust your wings and trust your intuition beautiful thank you so much i love that answer and thank you for being on passion harvest thank you so much <laughs> okay christine it's been wonderful that is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, every day, may you be more and more passionate.